You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Good evening. David Hall. Hey, hey. Greg Hectus. What up, guys? Uh, hey. Well, welcome. Boy, it's another crazy week uh, with the coronavirus and iRacing is done blown up. So let's start talking about it. Uh, I think we'll jump right into the NASCAR stuff. Uh, what happened uh, pre-race? So first of all, sponsor news. And uh, as we talked about a little bit last week, guys, uh, this is regular business almost for the, uh, the NASCAR uh, industry to some degree. Uh, we had Garrett Smithley announce that um, they put Gun Broker on the virtual paint job for the virtual races, and that has turned into a sponsorship for a real race. And they plan on running the Brickyard 400 uh, with Garrett Smithley um, in the real racing. And so uh, it's kind of cool to see the sponsorships kind of um, – mature like that going from virtual right into the real car uh it, it really provides an entry point i think uh for for drivers and teams to get sponsors on board what do you think um we're certainly going to talk more as we get, go through the show about the crossover between the real life sponsors and the virtual sponsor sponsors th- these days um it'll be interesting because the price to run in iRacing is not as high as it is to, you know, jump in a million dollar real life stock car. But so what's the value? I mean, I'd be curious to know what, what they're charging now. Right. And with the, uh, the other news on sponsorship side was on, uh, Saturday, which was the day before the Sunday cup race, uh, blue emu, uh, announced they would sponsor Bubba Wallace in tomorrow's pro series invitational. Uh, that's two cars because it, they were also with Landon castle. Uh, Blue Emo, Emu was also looking at sponsoring additional races later in the season with both drivers once real-life racing returns, so, uh, reports Adam Stern on Twitter, who's from the Sports Business Journal. So keep that in mind. We'll be talking about Blue Emu later in the show. What about uh, what pre-race concert? Um, yeah, I was hoping you could tell me about that, Mike, because actually the link's not working for me because it's broken, and I did not catch the pre-race, so I didn't get to see who that was. They got to, uh, they removed it. I have no idea who it was. It was some kind of uh, musician, obviously. But what about the invocation link? Well, that was, uh, it was interesting to see because it looks like Daryl Waltrip uh, uh, came back to uh, kind of support us on iRacing here and gave the invocation, which was nice with him and his wife. And then we got the nice uh, uh, national anthem sung by uh, Rita Wilson. Uh, what'd you guys think of it? I thought Daryl and his wife Stevie were a very appropriate. Uh, they were, you know, they're they're Christian, obviously, and uh, they're a, an appropriate pick. You know, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, his wife was always known in the NASCAR industry for writing uh, Bible verses on little pieces of paper and handing them to the drivers uh, as they got into their cars. And so I thought it was appropriate, and uh, I think a lot of NASCAR fans connected with it. It also brings back even more of the normalcy of the race. It made it feel more like watching a regular race on a Sunday, having all the extra uh, ceremony. Did you guys think it was kind of, I mean, it's it brings it kind of as a full circle here because 
Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks were the first two that were really forward as celebrities that had um, before like the NBA and stuff had the coronavirus stuff happen. They were the first ones that came out about it. Maybe that's why she was picked. I don't know. To kind of show that, you know, hey, you can recover from this thing. Well, we don't want to turn this into a virus episode. It doesn't kill most people. It's just extremely contagious because it doesn't kill most people. In fact, so many people don't feel the feel the symptoms, but then they can pass it on. And it's it's extremely more contagious and easier to transfer than a lot of other diseases. That's what's making it so dangerous. But, yeah, most people are going to recover from it. So, um our thunder of having of being the podcast that bring brings good luck has has been stolen because uh, William Byron he did a podcast with MRN recently and we know how his race turned out. Uh, MRN out loud. I didn't get to listen to it myself. Yeah, this is one of my regular podcasts, uh, MRN out loud, and they're weekly. And uh, they had William Byron on as their lead uh, guest and talked about you know coronavirus racing you know doing a lot of i racing getting ready for these events uh this was before he won on sunday uh also chad canals was on and had a lot of discussion about uh i racing and then what he's doing with his 24 team and he's still having regular conference calls with his engineers and that kind of stuff but a good interview from william byron uh and and he uh, obviously had a lot to say about i racing uh, this is just one of many uh, NASCAR podcasts that are covering iRacing racing just like the real thing. I mean, they're not missing a beat. Um, it's crazy. So next up was a TV commercial that actually ran on Fox Sports and Fox uh, last week. Um, and that was something. I couldn't yeah. believe that. The, the, the production value behind it was that once again, top notch, like they always do. And I think it did a great job of explaining all the aspects, right? Most of the time when you're watching on Fox, you're watching the, you know, the oval and stuff, but now this gives you a whole new, it shows you all the seat you can run it and gives you a good, uh, advertisement of all the tracks and things like that. Like, what did you guys think of the, uh, the presentation on it? Well, I loved it. I mean, right off the top, it says race at home on your PC and it shows a guy sitting in a rig racing and the next thing it says, against thousands of other people around the world. So it tells you right off the bat what iRacing is in just a couple simple sentences. And then, like you said, it shows all the racing of the various series. Good enough that I'm not going to watch it again because I know it's just going to make me want to race. And we have a lot of podcasts left. It was, was really good. Was it you that said you wanted to run dirt? Someone said on our page that all of a sudden they want to run dirt now because they watch that yeah yeah there were some good dirt highlights in that commercial kind of wonder what the agreement is with fox sports and iRacing as far as do they have to buy the commercial was it given to them you know the commercial time uh what kind of agreement is going on behind the scenes between iRacing nascar and fox and this whole situation uh I, that's still something unknown i don't think it matters but uh, what else did we miss? I skipped one, David. What about Sports Center? Jell uh, was on Sports Center again. I I didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, actually, that wasn't also that wasn't my uh, article as far as I knew. But um, yeah, I didn't get get a chance to see it myself. It was pretty good. I mean, it was, again, all about iRacing. Sports Center is covering it just like it would be NASCAR. In fact, they're covering it. More so than they us they usually do real NASCAR. Lots of times you don't see NASCAR on Sports Center, 
But because there's nothing else going on, boy, everyone's just all over it. It's the, only, it's the only sport where the sim is so close to the real thing and uses the same similar skill set. Okay, so where do we leave off there, Chris? Ty Majeski. Yeah, um, kind of an unfortunate deal for him. So if you uh, you might have missed him on the track at Bristol, which was uh, really unfortunate since he's probably one of the, the best guys on a short track on the iRacing sim. But because we had some of the new, some more of the, the big names showing up, he kind of got bumped down into the other Saturday show. So uh, he kind of got robbed of having kind of his own uh, Timmy Hill moment, I guess. But he's... He's been pretty. He's been taking it really well and um, being a good sport about it, as good as he could be, because it seems like he just gets the the bad end of the stick every time. Well, they kind of changed the rules of this Invitational. I mean, initially he was eligible, but as the weeks went on, they made it Cup people only or yeah. retired Cup people. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a crappy thing, but at the same on the other side of it, you kind of see where they're coming from with it, where they're going to want to try to get the the biggest names possible into that Sunday show. And he probably won't be the last one that kind of gets knocked out because, you know, maybe a Kevin Harvick or somebody comes back, you know. Well, like you think about it, like Bobby Labonte is only holding that seat because Truex isn't racing, right? So if Truex came back, Bobby Labonte would be out of the top. Like you're saying, you know, Harvick could come in. You could have Keselowski and uh, Logano be permanent fixtures in it. They, they could have a lot more cup guys that are a little bit sitting out could knock some of these guys out. You got to be worried about knocking like even like Timmy Hill and Smithley and all them out of the top. Yeah. But the one thing here though, is, you know, Bobby Labonte gets knocked out. He gets knocked out and that sucks for Bobby Labonte fans, but Majeski was, you know, odds on one of the top few to win any of these races. Now have they completely closed off any chance for anybody to race in or is there still a few spots for racing in? There's no racing in. It's just invitation only. It's cup only. Yeah, the trucks and Xfinity have their own Saturday Saturday night. night, yeah. It almost seems like it's its own, you know, it's like a club. You know, right. once they got it, they'll set the way they want it. It's, it's going to be hard to get in and out unless you're a big name. And that's what it sounds like NASCAR wants is the big names in there. So if, if like we said, Kevin Harvick or Truex come back, they're going in right away. So I was listening to another podcast today, PRN's uh, The O'Reilly Pit Reporters, and their story uh, was – just what we're talking about, um, you know, they said that J.J. Yaley had gone out and actually procured a v- sponsor for virtual racing and was trying to get invited to the event and basically was telling PRN that he can't get invited, even though he's quite a, kind of a he's a cup guy, I guess. Yeah, he's of a, a lower cup team. driver, just not just right. not a big name. Exactly. And so. There's people like J.J. Yaley who actually, you know, are trying to do business out of this, you know, and make a living and and he can't get invited, apparently. So I don't know where you draw the line and and what the pit reporters were talking about. Their conversation was, I wonder who's in charge of this. Is it NASCAR? Is it iRacing? Is it some combination of both? Who's making the decisions? And they they have no idea. They were just speculating. It's all definitely uh, a quick motion it's all you know changing from day to day because this is a this is undiscovered country basically um though we were talking about there were some racing on saturday night as well with the prelim racings and evan and company got to cover this particular one on fox sports it was using the heat format uh there were some blinking issues and also 
they none of the Ford drivers were allowed to drive because or what were they using the K and N car for this race? So they took the national car and yeah. apparently they made it into an ARCA car. And I don't know exactly what that means if they changed it visually or what. But apparently, uh, according to Steve Myers on Twitter, he said this. This is an old Chevy body nationwide car that we put Arca physics model on. We stripped the branding from it so we could be painted to be any of the three manufacturers. We did the best we could for Ford and Toyota. Not everything's going to be perfect. But basically, Ford didn't think that was enough, and they didn't allow uh, their drivers to run like Cindric, Briscoe, LaJoy. Dale Jr. was talking about this on his podcast a lot, too, about... This is how serious the sponsorship stuff is getting and manufacturing is like, I'm wondering if some of these things, I, I know Junior was talking about the uh, street sock car being the Chevy and then obviously nothing's going to get, um, you know, they don't have any other options for the Ford or Toyota. Um, but it sounds like Ford's not going to budge at all. Well, I wonder if they're letting them scan a car. If, if, if they're not letting them scan a car, they're shooting themselves in the foot. Exactly, because this is the only game in town right now, for sure. But uh, regardless, Evan and his team called a great race. And kudos to them on finally getting an opportunity to do it on broadcast TV. I, I mean, I think that's a big thing, uh, that it's not the regular Fox announcers. It wasn't the regular NBC announcers. It was iRacing's announcers on Fox or on NBC. So that was good to see. Evan, Evan's killing it doing all this stuff, man. He's it's it's awesome to listen to him because, for me, iRacing announcing, I, I I hear Evan's voice when I think of iRacing, and he's he uses this the MRI, MRN PRN radio style, which is more exciting to listen to, whether you're watching it or not. Uh, when when the real racing was on, I almost always would mute the TV and turn on the uh, turn on the radio. MRN. The radio, uh, just more interesting to listen to. Yeah. But the blinking was, uh, you know, the pace cart or the pace truck would like jump or up in the air and come back down. You know how it looks. And I think for us that are involved with iRacing, it's no big deal. We, we're used to that. But for people that haven't seen iRacing, I think it was a bit jarring. It's kind of the impression I got uh, watching Twitter. But Logan Seaver ends up being the winner that night, and he was the uh, – He's a dirt guy, so I somehow got invited to this NASCAR event. The other thing that we uh, noticed here, um, Mike, I don't know if you saw that uh, you guys noticed that up on the NASCAR shop, they've started putting out merchandise for the uh, um, these pro invitationals, and it looks like you can get uh, cars of the filter time Dale Earnhardt car that he ran at uh, uh, Homestead. Um, also looks like Timmy Hill's car you can get. Uh, and lots of shirts and things like that. Um, they talked about this Pro Invitational logo on the um, podcast. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk, or on the uh, race, do you want to talk about what they found or they've realized with that logo? Oh, yeah, we just had a, a tweet from Erica Stepp. He said only just noticed that the Pro Invitational logo is supposed to look like a sim rig with three monitors. And the wheel in the center, which, yes, yes, it does. <laughs> if you haven't noticed that, that is definitely what it looks like. I didn't even notice that till I saw that Twitter. I was like, oh, yeah, that is exactly what it is. And now you can't unsee it. Duh. <laughs> well, it kind of reminds me of those um, 
you know, when you see there's two images on something and it's one one picture, but it's going to be viewed two different ways until somebody tells you what the other image is, you don't see it. Yeah, it's just the way the words would go across it, I guess. It, it just looks like it's a, you know, a background for the words. But then when you, you know, he says, oh, it's triple monitors. Yeah, you can see it. So a pretty, pretty nice merchandise. I'd love to get one of these shirts. I was kind of hoping for a hat, but... Man, the the filter time diecast one twenty four is a hundred dollars. I agree with you, uh, Mike. I would really love to see a hat here. Uh, a hat would be one of the best things to add to the shop because uh, I definitely would purchase that. And the back of the shirt is pretty cool because it's got a kind of a driver list of who was in the race and got all the you know NASCAR logos and stuff. Kind of, you know some color in it. Pretty nice looking shirt. It's pretty similar. Great, great, Chris. Go ahead. I'll just say it looks pretty similar to something you would have picked up at the track if you went to an event like that. See, what I would do is I would try and get that shirt and then get all the drivers to sign it that were in those races if you could and see see how many you could get. I'm afraid autographs are a thing of the past. With Yeah, now. Right? Everything's changed. All right. Next up, let's talk about the actual race. And uh, I think, you know, the big story again was parked. Uh, for reckless driving, and uh, Daniel Suarez, uh, he's batting two for two. It, now he he got into it with Kyle Larson. Now, do you guys? I, I don't know how you guys view this, but obviously it's just a race, and they're having fun type thing for that part of it. But do you not see this is kind of an unfair thing? Uh, like if we did that, we're we're sitting out a week, right, or more? Yeah, you're exactly on point. This this pisses me off to tell you the truth. We that, talked about it with the wall writing as well. I don't know if that's yeah, the wall. Well. Yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, wall writing in one of these races, a protestable offense. They got away with it without being booted. Now, in this scenario, in this race, I think uh, the admin did boot Suarez and Larson, but not until they went after each other maybe two or three times. They They should have been booted well before that because Kyle Larson was hitting the, the guy under caution. They could have they could have booted well before they the incident even happened. You could see Larson was chasing him down to do it. Right. And the cameras were on it live, you know. It's not yeah. like they can't see it. Uh so yeah, I you know, I racing admin there, uh or, or race control. I, I, I you know, I don't know if there there's two sets of rules because these guys are the cup drivers, you know. Uh I I you know, I don't know. I, I just think it puts iRacing in a bad light. Kind of like when they let a lot of people slide on the burning out of the tires on the road cars because a couple of the big names were busted for it. Yeah, it seems like there's two sets of rules to promote their product. Like, I get what iRace is trying to do is they're trying to promote their product and stuff, but they're also making it look like a clown show sometimes. And I hate this, I hate to use those words because I don't, I believe iRacing is doing the best they can in such a short time that they've had to do all this stuff. But it just doesn't it doesn't look right on national television when I mean, you can just can just you know everyone everyone had opinions when you remember when Matt Kenseth took out Logano purposely right in front of the TVs. It's kind of reminds me of those type of things where it goes like that. It's like it doesn't look good. Or Kyle Busch in the truck race that got him suspended from a cup race. All I ask is they need to officiate the these NASCAR races as if it's any other race like if it's a coke race they need to officiate it just like a coke race and it should be no different i also don't like that you know you can hop on twitter and start saying you're gonna kick you know each other's butts like 
to use a proper words there, but Suarez talking on Twitter that he's going to kick Larson's butt. I, you know, it's just unprofessional and for something, and I get that those things get heated. We're all that way. Things get heated, but these guys are still supposed to be the professionals out there, right? Even though they're in a virtual world. And again, what would happen if average Joe threatens to beat somebody up on online after a race? Yep. Well, that's a protestable offense. And that's the thing is, I wonder if these guys, if somebody's protesting Daniel Suarez and Bubba Wallace and, and Kyle Larson, because they could be protested and should be. But I don't know if there's a different rule because it's a league. Is it a private league? And are they playing that game or what? But let's talk Bubba Wallace. He got into it with uh, Clint Boyer and uh, they were going after each other and, uh, and I think Boyer ended up just finally dumping uh, Bubba into the wall. And and then Bubba just kind of quit. He did the old, like, you know, stop the car, exit the sim kind of thing. <laughs> this has been a big topic in our messenger this week. Because um, we got we got a whole bunch of different personalities on our team. And some see the, some have backgrounds in racing and, and see the certain sides of, of sponsorship size. And then just the racing side. And it's such an odd incident that I don't think I don't think did, did you guys see any of this coming at any point like where the sponsorships would have to be worried about um, getting to this point where um, so Bubba's sponsor I guess for that race especially on his Twitch was Blue Emu which I still haven't looked at does anyone know what it, what their company actually is It's like a cream you rub on your back for soothing pain. Oh, it's like a Voltaren or something like that, or, or like goodies. Yeah. Well, we talked about how money coming into the into the sim racing was going to change things uh, last year. When was it Logan that got suspended for the first race after he made a comment on a stream? Yeah. I just think that, I mean, Blue Emu. No matter what you think of what they they are as a, as a sponsor, or they're paying Bubba, they're not paying Bubba. There's all there's there's so many different views on it of what. Um, has gone on. So they they obviously uh, sent out a tweet after the race after Bubba Rage quitted and said that I'm, you know, we've got we don't pre- we want a driver that wants to drive, not a quitter. And yeah, it's sometimes some see it as it's maybe they're getting trying to get publicity here and doing stuff. But you don't know that company like uh, like that company is a, a back cream like it doesn't really have anything to do with the virtual world. So there's, they're just trying to get their, their word out there in general because they found probably a, some profit or some some value into dr- in being on this on the sim part world. And I know they're a minor sponsor in his cup car, but I'm sure there's still a contract with Bubba. At some point, he still has to uh, act a certain way for that company from the day the contract was signed till the day it ends, no matter what he's doing, right? Because if he's out in the world and he badmouths it, you know, in, in public, it's no different than doing something like this. It was kind of, here's how it went down. Bubba left the race before it's even over. He's on Twitter. He says, bah, ha, ha, I'm dying at my mentions right now. I ruined so many people's day by quitting a video game. Bah, ha, ha, a video game. Damn quarantine life is rough. And so blue emu replied publicly on Twitter. Good to know where you stand. Bye bye, Bubba. We're interested in drivers, not quitters. And then he said something else. And then they replied with a photo of Donald Trump saying, you're fired. And they literally fired him on Twitter in public. 
And uh, that was the talk on Twitter and NASCAR industry uh, this week for several days and our team. I think this would have all just been, and I just said it earlier in our chat, if he just would have walked away. There didn't need to be, what he tried to do on Twitter was humiliate, uh, as Dale Earnhardt was saying in his podcast too, he wants to humiliate, it sounds like he's trying to humiliate iRacing or what we do trying to watch them by calling it a video game, which infuriates the sim crowd, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the way that Blue Emu kind of jumped in and was real public about it, most companies wouldn't do that on Twitter. But they were obviously offended and uh, weren't shy about saying so. Right, Griffin uh, covered that on uh, Dorba for Clear, and he said, and I think he had it perfect, where it was just more, it was less them being offended and more jumping on that opportunity for some free publicity. And, really? Yeah, and that's what they got, because just like, I, I'd never heard of them. I don't know if any of y'all had ever heard of them before this happened. Just like, you know, who's Blue Emu? And on the same token, can you really berate Bubba for in the heat of a moment saying something a little offensive? It's not like he, you know, insulted somebody's mom or something. Uh, and then they turn around and do the same, the same basically unprofessional behavior on Twitter. It, it was basically it's almost a pot kettle black kind of situation. You can't you can't say one's being too unprofessional and not say the other one is. Oh, I totally agree. There, there is no right or wrong. No one's going to come out of this looking good. There's nothing good going to come from this. It, yeah, they got their their uh, um, blue emu. Maybe got the publicity they want, but is it the publicity they want? You know, other teams might look at it going, okay, they're going to come on and sponsor us, but they're going to do this in public. Maybe we don't want to take them on as a sponsor. And Bubba's got to watch it because you know other sponsors might shy away from him. So it. It does, it's a lose-lose no matter what. It's also a wake-up call to everybody that it is a sim, it is a video game, but it is, and it, it is for fun, but it isn't just for fun. It's, it's a serious competition at this point, and, and um, the fans want and the sponsors want to see it taken enough seriously that, that it doesn't turn into a joke. Yeah, how's J.J. Yaley, who's got a sponsor who wants to race and he can't race? But what about even, like, the... People need to understand that, yes, it was a virtual race with that sponsor. How is it any different from him sitting and signing autographs with the shirt on for that and says something bad about the company or the co- uh, does something the company does? It's all the same. He, he represents that sponsor, whatever he does, right? Well, it was interesting, and it really reminds me uh, about regular NASCAR. You know, sometimes we go through a regular NASCAR weekend and something happens, you know, that it gets everybody talking. And it wasn't about something that happened, you know, necessarily with the winner of the race or something like that. And this feels like one of those scenarios. So, again, it just kind of takes you away from the whole virus stuff. And, hey, it feels like real NASCAR. You might even say it got a little radioactive. (laughs) Don't you love the transitions? Uh, Speaking of radioactive, the next thing we can cover is we got we got the same radioactive links. They're very entertaining. Um, Who was it? Was it Yaley that? Somebody jumped on, I, I watched it, and I don't remember the names, but somebody joked or dogged somebody for not using their brakes. Um, another person said, you know, you need to get a spotter. Uh, and I, I got a little more enjoyment, enjoyment, actually, of watching the Jimmy Blooper Wheel as well as Junior's spotter can. And you, you got to see how many times Junior really evaded 
a lot of wrecks in this race. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Uh, so Fox Sports uh, had one, uh, you know, traditional kind of radioactive. And then uh, our friend EJ O'Rourke, who's been doing them from the beginning, he was the guy who started these. He's put up his version. I kind of like his version because he doesn't focus on anyone in particular. He just kind of gets all the good juicy parts. Uh, so thanks to EJ O'Rourke on YouTube. Uh, but the spotter cam I thought for Junior was pretty cool. It's not TJ Majors. It's some uh, iRacing friend of uh, Dale Junior's. I don't know who it is. But the, it shows a picture of the spotter on a microphone talking to Dale, and then it shows Dale's Steven in car. Steven Stuffin. Yeah. So he got tired of using TJ. Well, no, TJ was on, was working. He's helping uh, Joey. Joey this week. That's right. Also, he um, he actually did kind of throw a, on his podcast, he kind of threw a a dig at TJ about not paying attention. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, Jimmy Johnson put up a nice little, I would say, blooper reel of his race. And like when he missed his pit box because Jeff Gordon was talking to him. What a good sport with all this stuff. I mean, for somebody that, I mean, just really new to the salmon, really kind of sucks. So I want you to look at uh, Jimmy's rig in that picture. Do you notice it's different than the previous week? They talked about this on the um, one of the podcasts I saw. He changed. He put it to the upright version of it because you can switch it. Well, what I heard on the O'Reilly Pit Reporters earlier is that he decided to buy a completely separate oval rig, oh, did uh, he? separate from his open wheel rig. Yeah, so he has two rigs now, one for each. Must be nice oh, to have well, money. Yeah, right. When I was first looking, I actually looked at. There was a couple options actually where you could change the configuration. It, with the seat from one to the other yeah there's there's a couple out there but it's such a it's an odd market to have both right yeah the ones i've seen have been kind of crappy actually i've seen a few of them but they weren't as nice as you know the kind of quality that like what jimmy had well he wanted that rigged so he could get used to sitting in that position but i guess for the for the average racer i think um the gt position is the more optimal position i read i remember reading that somewhere that's why i ended up going ahead and getting the gt setup. Well, he his the other setup worked really well for him in the uh, IndyCar race. So, yeah. So media covered uh, the race as well. We had Jenna Fryer from Associated Press. Uh, she did an article about uh, you know Byron winning the race. Uh, but the main topic of the article was, of course, Bubba Wallace and his uh, dispute with the sponsor and whatnot. Um, also, there was a press from the New York Times of all people. Uh, they did an article about iRacing, um, and they call it the, the announcers call the action, the drivers collide and fight for position. The excitement is real. The races are virtual. And so they did a feature article on the New York times. So tons of media guys. Uh, I mean, iRacing must be pleased, uh, with, with how this is going. I, I mean, they couldn't even ask for anything more than what they're getting. It's just so much going on. Uh, NASCAR, of course, did a recap as well. Yeah, and really, this—I think the recap I watched was maybe a seven-minute video. This is a nice um, two or three-minute video that kind of recaps the race. And this is probably how you want to catch the race, honestly, because it'll skip through the twenty or so. Well, I don't know how many cautions they had. It felt like twenty. It was a lot, but you can kind of skip through that and just get to the good stuff with these recap videos. <laughs> Let's talk about that. I mean, to me, it felt like a regular NIS race. I mean, it's about what we do. 
Sort of, except the field didn't get thinned out because they have too many uh, resets. They have way too many cars left over. Yeah, they need to get rid of the resets. Yeah, yeah, I think that would it really. It seems like it's the same few guys and that just aren't getting the job done. So yeah, I think fixing the resets or at least um, one. I mean, would have definitely been enough. That would take care of the guys that maybe get caught up in one of the other guys' wrecks. But it had the same guy wrecking the field over and over, and they wouldn't even—they weren't even using their resets half the time. They would run around with both busted cars, saving their resets, and cause you know two or three cautions before they would even burn a reset. Yeah, because at a short track, the damage doesn't slow you down as much. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, because you know, and part of the racing. I mean, it's a product of first of all. Brist, you know, Bristol is a pretty terrible track to race on these days if you don't have that sticky PJ1 on the bottom. It's a top-dominant Bristol. And so that was... They're already kind of set up for failure. And then The fixed have, setup doesn't help either. Yeah. Because everybody's yeah. running the same. And there's a few, there's a handful of these guys that are... They are noobs to the sim. Even if they are professional race car drivers, they are still noobs to this thing. And there's just no room for mistakes at Bristol. And there's no... If you do have a mistake, there's no way to get out of the way. And so it, it was going to be bad. <laughs> I would be... I would say that that track is probably one of the hardest oval tracks on the service. Well, and it's even worse now that, you know, it was... It wasn't so bad last year when they had the high downforce, but you still had to have a really good setup to do anything at it if you were just on open side. The fixed, I couldn't even imagine what it'd be like if you had the high downforce, but this, the low downforce setup or the car for this racetrack, it, it just, it, it doesn't handle, it doesn't feel like it's in the track. If they're going to keep having the same group of guys, maybe... Um break down maybe have more heat races maybe do it like a tournament style bracket where you're only putting 10 or 12 cars on the track with you know two or four moving on to the next race or something you know something if it's a short track and you're going to have 35 40 guys on the track and 10 of them don't know what they're doing it, you're just not going to get through it i think it's going to be better than know the next time we come to a short track again these guys are are on a steep learning curve some of them because it is you know they don't have the seat of the pants feeling and they don't understand they don't know how net code can behave or uh we heard it i heard him talking about it with timmy hill was on a podcast uh on which one did he get he was on he was on dale door rubber clear was yeah he? yeah yes. and, and um he was talking about how he doesn't even really use a spotter because he can just kind of feel when he's had enough laps he can kind of know when he's gotten past the car or not based on how they look in the mirror and, and just how the cars are running. So I think it'll get better with it. You know, this is Bristol first time for some of these guys, maybe too many resets, but um, I think, I do think it will get better as we move. <laughs> it, it, I'll say it, it sounds like some of these guys could use more help from Mike Ellis and less from like Ray Alfala. It sounds like they don't have their, their field of views and their mirrors and stuff set up. They hadn't even got to that point yet. Yeah. And I some of them should they're talking about the audio spotter lagging behind too much uh, i think all of them that are using triples should set up sim racing apps and use the uh use the live spotter that you can use in sim racing apps where it pops a little arrow up there visually and if you're using vr spotlights or not spotlights but uh, midwest sim racing those lights that i have in my vr they're great i usually turn the spotter off and just use the lights to tell where i'm going i think everybody also needs to realize that the guys that are running up front, and this is no dig on their personal lives, the guys that are running up front and are running good are single guys that 
most of them are single guys that don't have kids and and the family time seems to be a problem the guys that okay, are TJ not majors doing too good it's true though you can't argue with it it's no different than any of our us in our lives when you got kids and things like that it's hard to devote a lot of time to doing it and and when you're a guy like William Byron who's single who can just spend his whole time on it if he doesn't have any obligations doesn't have a girlfriend doesn't have it like I don't know what his personal life is but well, we, we do. I've seen him in Hosted. He's in Hosted with Chris Overland every night for hours at a time. So he's so practicing. What, is that your whole point? Haven't you seen what, Clint, like even Clint's saying it in the broadcast. He says that his wife's going to kill him if he keeps spending so much more time on the sim. It's just inevitable. It's it's yeah. it's the same thing in their real racing lives. They got to, they're practicing and doing it is going to show, show up on the racetrack. If they haven't been racing and practicing a lot, it's just the way it's going to show up. And uh, yeah, TJ, the reason I brought up TJ is because he made, he had this same argument with, I don't remember who, but they were, they were talk they were trash talking to each other. And he was mentioning the fact that he has kids at home and the other guy doesn't. Well, do you want to look at a, an example right on our team right now, David, you compared yeah. to most of us. Yeah. Especially with us <laughs> being out of school, I, I, I get most of the school stuff I need to do, done pretty early. And yeah, I, I turn a lot of races. <laughs> All right, yeah. Timmy Hill leading those points. It'd be cool to see him win it. Yeah, speaking of the points, Timmy Hill is at the top with 112. And these are unofficial, hastily calculated, as Steve Lavender, or at Steve Lavender would, would say. But we've got Timmy in the first, uh, Priest is in second, Smithley, Bowman, and Earnhardt, uh, 25 points behind. Hamlin, Kligerman, Byron, Benedetto, and Nemechek. Hey, David, where's my buddy Clint here on there? Oh, he's 12th in points, eh? I'm just um, looking at the top 10. No, I know. I'm just going to the next thing here, realizing Clint seems to be realizing something after he put out a tweet here. He goes, uh, maybe this bleep is more real than I originally thought. One guy leaves happy. Everyone else leaves Bristol Motor Speedway pissed off. <laughs> kind of what happened. <laughs> One guy won. Everyone else was kind of mad uh, with the... Uh, the Clint Boyer and Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson and uh, Daniel Suarez run-ins. Good old Bristol days. I remember those. The way that track used to be in like the the late '90s and early 2000s was so much, so much of what this is. Is you'd have so many feuds on pit road afterwards and things like that. Yeah, it used to be just the, the one groove used to be the inside instead of the outside, and you would just punt people whenever you wanted to buy them. And it was I. I personally didn't enjoy it. It used to be one of my least favorite tracks to watch because it would be twenty-two cautions, um, you know. And then they went to the two wide, when they got the progressive banking and both of the lanes were fairly equal, they'd have no cautions, and everybody complained about it being too boring. Uh, what's not boring though is painting cars, at least for some of us, Chris. Uh, yeah. So um, it was uh, oh, William Byron. He um, tweeted up a paint contest that the that he's doing with Exalta Racing where you can go to Exalta's website and enter your best version of a paint scheme, an Exalta paint scheme for him to run, and he might run it in next week's race. So if you're a painter, here's a, a good chance to get your name out there. I like someone posted, uh, oh, there's, a, I guess it's uh, Exalta posted on there. There's a white ghost paint job that kind of looks really good on it. Yeah, there's already oh. a lot of these oh, paints out the there that pretty good. That might be the template for it then. Uh, one reply to the Twitter was uh, Dylan Smith. Man, I like his paint job. It was slick. 
He uh, said it's inspired by the Jeff Gordon Chroma Premier car from the 1997 Clash race. And it's got the gold kind of flames and uh, outline, kind of a brownish look. I love it. All right, next up was uh, the uh, daily at 7 p.m. Eastern NBCSN Esports Short Track iRacing Challenge. This is what uh, Evan was telling us about last week that he's organizing. But on NBC uh, each day this week, we've uh, been some nice little short races um, with about six to eight cars, typically. Um, Not much racing going on. They were kind of lined up single file. Um, However, on the Tuesday race, I was embarrassed. I mean, I, I, I looked at that, and towards the near the end of the race, they were all lined up, you know, spread out. And uh, Larson first tried it, Kyle Larson, riding the wall. I mean, he would just get up against that wall and just floor it. And just he would gain a ton of time on the car in front of him. And he realized it was working, so he did it over and over and over. And then Hamlin tried it, too. And Hamlin tried to get to the leader, I think, as well, uh, riding the wall. And and it just drives me nuts because these are protestable offense and these guys aren't getting parked. You know, I, do, I understand it would ruin the race if you park two out of the eight guys, but still, this can't be acceptable, can it? I, it sounds like they're not going to do anything from it. I mean, that's just my opinion, but it's just, yeah, it's it's like they're they're – they're going to do what they're going to do. And what they need to do is if, if they're doing it, um, penalize them by, you know, give them black flag. That's the easiest way to do it. If they really don't want to take the car out of it, black flag them. Yeah. Make them come to pit road and pit, pit. you know what? They need to black flag these guys. I, I don't know why they're not doing it. That's the problem. They've got it. There's got to be some kind of common, you know, rules that, you know, the regular iRacers are upheld to, that these guys should be upheld to as well. Because what's to say, like, okay, you get, say you do the exact same thing in a race um, that one of these guys are doing, and you get protested and kicked out for it. Can't you just take that video and say that this person was done on live TV doing it, and you haven't done anything to them, and they're allowed to, like, how could how can you have a back? I'm sure somebody's done that. There's 110,000 of us. Somebody has taken that NBC video and probably sent it to Nim Cross. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's crazy. But anyway, uh, I, I'm my concern is just for the, you know, iRacing image, the image of iRacing. I don't want it to come across as... A, a game, you know, or a, oh, this is what you got to do to be fast. We got to ride the wall. You know, I don't want it to come across like that. I want it to come across like this is real NASCAR racing. And wasn't there a tweet out there somewhere where he said he would put a stop to it? Was that was that Adam that said that or Greg? No, that was Vice President of Marketing Steve Myers, who he tweeted six days before the race a tweet that somebody had asked him. Hey, what are you going to do if they start riding the wall? And and Steve Myers replied to the guy, "Well, we're going to black flag him, and then we're going to make sure Clint calls him out or something like that." But it was kind of a tongue in cheek comment. But I think that that tweet from Steve Myers has kind of come back to haunt him a little bit. Uh, you know, when this race happened, and and the guys are doing it at the end of the race, and then they don't black flag him. Well, what, did this particular race though have a live admin? 
because it wasn't the uh, it it's wasn't, on NBC. Uh, it was on NBC. So was Tyler there calling the yellows and stuff? Or, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But you never know when whether there's consequences or not because you don't know who's getting protested. And even when you do do a protest, they don't tell you who it comes from. So it'll be interesting. Uh, hopefully, uh, they'll they'll get the word that they don't need to make it look like that. The pros will. Well, we keep talking about it. We used his name a couple times here. I don't know if Harvick knows what he's getting himself into, but it looks like he's uh, joining uh, iRacing now. Um, Kevin Hamlin put up a tote. Uh, sorry, Kevin Hamlin put up a tweet saying the drivers lineup for the replacements for that Tuesday race was going to have uh, Harvick in it. Um, I don't know. I never watched this. Did he actually uh, end up racing in it? I don't know. They do it during the road to pro, so we miss it. But uh, apparently he was in the lineup, so it's kind of cool to see Harvick uh, finally getting on board. So hopefully he'll be in the regular cup race uh, next time they run. Which, uh, Chris, I don't know if that was this weekend or next. Well, there there was a, a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors bouncing around that they might race this weekend, even though it was going to be Easter. But um, Adam Stern finally came out on... Um, Twitter and said NASCAR and Fox Sports have scrapped the idea to hold an Easter Sunday iRacing event after getting pushed back last night from some teams who want to take the weekend off per sources. The next event is slated to be the following weekend from Virtual Richmond. So nothing. I'm sure there'll be some stuff to, to probably find this weekend. I want to say I even already saw um, maybe a replacements type race going on Saturday. But yeah, the, the Fox mm. stuff won't be happening this weekend. I got one. Uh, late breaking, I heard uh, Landon Castle uh, on Twitter announced a few hours ago um, he's going to do a race on Sunday night after the holiday festivities. It'll be the cup car, no damage, no cautions, 60 car starting grid. Um, he's going to got three days to recruit as many real world drivers and iRacing superstars I can find. And of course, he's going to stream the whole thing. So April 12th, 9 p.m. Eastern, and it's Monza, guys, the Oval at Monza. Is it so just the high banking? Yeah. yeah. We ran a race, major's race there a couple, uh, last weekend. It was pretty interesting. And it was actually both the road course and the Oval. What That'll be fun to watch, it, 30 laps. There, there was five classes, actually. I was in a in the old Riley DP, and there was the Mazda on there, and we did a – a predator style start where the Mazda's got a 30 minute head start on us. I wonder if, uh, I wonder how the cup cars will handle that banking. Well, for one thing, I don't know about if you're just running the oval, but when you run it on the road course, you turn to the right. That's just blasphemy in a cup car. In fact, they have the, uh, the front stretch has a wall right down the middle of it. And when you're first, when you're coming onto the oval, you're on the right side of the front stretch. And then after you come around the oval, it takes you down the left side of the front stretch. Yeah, it's odd. Um, so no race on Saturday, but let's talk about the viewership from the last race. Uh, Fox Sports earned a .71 rating with 1.179 million viewers on Sunday's NASCAR Pro Invitational Series from Bristol. And that was a little bit down from the 0.81 rating they got at Texas. And for comparison, even though it's not being uh, nationally broadcast yet, the Coke series had 347,000 live stream views, which is a 200% jump. Well, basically it was 200% higher than the 2019 average. And that'll probably go up even more after video on demand is added. Yeah, and then the final figures, if you look below... 
422,000 uh, views that were counted with 2.4 million minutes watched. Most watched e-NASCAR race ever. Breaking records every week. And it's because the NASCAR fans, I think, are, are really kind of embracing the Coke series. That's what I think. I mean, that's the only reason it's increasing this much over the last few weeks is the NASCAR fans are getting involved. Well, plus there's more there's more eyeballs on iRacing and in iRacing, so it's just going to have more push to it, right? And uh, the Coke Series is where it's going to be at, especially when real racing starts back up, because most of the regular cup drivers probably won't have the time to spend on iRacing at that point. Oh, yeah, uh, especially some, with the mid-week races. Mm -hmm. There's some talk about trying to keep the replacements going or something like that, but they'll, they'll really they'll they'll have to go back to focusing on the on the real life job and but these guys this is their job and we, we've talked about it before there's three hundred thousand dollars in the prize money and this will be a great midweek option to 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 go along with all the weekend festivities and the real races well i just hope the viewership keeps increasing uh, or flattens without going down once the real racing starts that's the real ticket well the nascar fans who are watching it now continue to watch it once the real stuff comes back uh, next, a great recap of the NASCAR Bristol weekend uh, from somebody called the Bestest Chase on Instagram. I thought it was perfect. Here's what he said, quote, The iRacing event yesterday is the quintessential iRacing experience when you pop in for a race at Bristol. The racing was meh, but it was fun as hell to watch. I thought that summed it up pretty well. I had a good time watching it, even though it was a caution fest. But with all the action going on with the different things happening, it was fun. Well, a driver always wants less cautions if you were once more. Man, I can't believe we just spent an hour talking NASCAR. Let's switch gears, Greg. Well, we're going to hit into the IndyCar because I, I feel like um, I was really involved in this, this race. I don't know why. I really enjoyed this race. And I told you on, on our messenger mic to uh, kind of review it too, just just to get a, a sense of what was going on in it. So it's got a whole bunch of different things here I'll go over. I'm not going to try and go too long on this. but um, So the pre-race of the IndyCar race, uh, they have a whole bunch of things. So at the IndyCar uh, website, they have an article about uh, who can stop Sage Karam. Um, just talking about it and uh, talking about who's going to be in the field and uh, getting you kind of prepared for this uh, at uh, Barbara Motorsports Park. Um, then... Uh, there was a Joseph Newgart um, posted a YouTube video of him building his sim rig. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. It's a decent uh, video of him going over all the stuff that he's got, his build for his computer. Um, the track it was a track racer seat, right, with Fnatic gear. Yeah, he had an um, ED1, I think, a wheel. Yeah, um, big widescreen. Widescreen. It's a really nice setup. Like that's the ideal. To be honest, that's like the perfect, if I was, you know, if you're going to like out of the box, want to spend a little bit of money and do it, that's the, that's the first place you go is kind of just like that setup right there. If it yeah. wasn't an 80, 20 rig, right? Right. Yeah. And it was a neat video uh, that Joseph Newgarden put up on his own personal YouTube channel. So check it out, guys. It's only seven minutes. And he got, uh, he's got over 30,000 views on it too. Um, and then... Uh, the Grand Marshal for the race, um, or to start the engines, I guess, Grand Marshal, Charles Barkley was... Uh, Charles? Uh, it was quite interesting to hear, but I know he's always been a 
very into racing, hasn't he? He's always liked motorsports in general. Um, and uh, it was good to see him do that for the uh, them stepping up there. Like the NASCAR has, they, they've started stepping it up for that part of it. Um, the, uh, the thing that I got mostly out of it, um, the, they focused a lot on this in the broadcast, was Robert Wickens uh, making his first race in it. Um, and I don't know if, if anybody remembers who Robert Wickens is. He had a terrible accident in 2018 at Pocono um, where he was almost left paralyzed, where he, he's lost mobility, lower body. And he's still building it back up. Um, and so we covered last week that he couldn't race in the race because he was waiting on um, Max Pappas to bring in, uh, to send him a wheel. Or sorry, yeah, uh, Max Pappas wheel to, sh- to bring send him a wheel so that he could race. Um, but it looks like this week he was able to create something to get, because he wasn't totally comfortable with his new wheel yet, um, to do it. So if you want to see, you can go to his tw- uh, Twitter page and you can see him getting into his amazing rig that he's got um his wife kind of shows how he does it and uh going through it what did you guys think of his setup oh yeah i think it's simcraft is the cockpit which is you know high quality stuff i mean that's the one where the the steering base kind of folds up out of the way so you can sit down it's kind of cool and he had to bring in the monitor in and attach it to the to the rig because uh it's a motion rig um so he also has the direct drive fanatec uh base with uh, McLaren uh, rim um, and he's using the McLaren rim one of the clutch things on the left side as his um, throttle and brake throttle he's taken a handbrake and reversed it and uses it as an actual brake so he has the more pressure he pushes on it the harder the braking is and I thought it was amazing to to see this whole thing and how how this just this shows you here the difference between you know I how quick he, he adapted to this setup and was able to race really well in that race. Um, yeah, another, he ran well. Yeah. There's another, uh, post showing how he did it in race, um, from, I'm guessing from his wife again. Um, but they showed it on the NBC sports page. Um, but he was f- pretty much flawless through the race. He had a, a couple of events, but, um, a couple of notes that I'm going to get before we actually get into the race. Um, the broadcast this week was a lot better than the first week it but it did have there was some lag moments it kind of had choppy moments in it but uh i'll forgive that with the 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 presentations was a lot better this week and i'm it's glad to see that i indycar has gotten into and nbc have gotten stepped up their game a bit for it um the other thing that i thought was very interesting they they noted about halfway through the race or a little bit earlier than that but all the drivers were running with their actual engineers as uh in the race so you know will power calling fuel actual engineer doing stuff for him it just calculating stuff figuring out strategy in it, which is quite interesting to hear like so that means you know you got uh, i think it was 30 cars so you got another 30 extra people in that room doing stuff which is kind of cool uh, and then they also had a notable of um they had 10 push to passes for 10 seconds each so i didn't know i didn't hear that the first week at Watkins Glen, I don't know if I missed it, but it was, it was good. They got the extra little boost there. Um, and that is standard in the IndyCar races. Okay, yeah. So I they just didn't I didn't register the first week for me there. Um, and uh, this is a six race championship. Paul Tracy pointed out that uh, 
they're rewarding points per race here for it. So um, we'll get into the race here now. Um, I don't know. Did anybody else watch this race? I saw parts of it. So Sage Karen started from the pole um, and he dominated the, for the first, uh, till the first set of pit stops. Um, so um, they had a competition caution at lap 15. Um, Scott McLaughlin. Thank God, by the way. <laughs> It's actually it that made the strategy a lot better. I don't know if it was it, great. I love the idea everything, of it. It changed the whole dynamic of the race because I bet you if that didn't happen, Sage Karen probably would have walked away with that. Yep, it screwed um, him up actually. It screwed him. Yeah. So he had the competition caution. Scott McLaughlin he pitted. Um, it sounded right before. Were, yeah. So with lap lap fourteen, just before the competition caution, he pitted, and. Um, I don't, there was a couple other drivers I heard that pitted with him. They didn't elaborate completely until later on. Um, but also they noted while he was doing that, that he was one of the drivers that's been, he's racing from Australia that night. So it was two in the morning um, while they were racing. He had to get up to, to do that race or stay up. Um, so then it went back to green on lap 19. Um, and then they got into uh, green flag pit stop. Actually, the first thing I noticed with, uh, with when they, the first lap on cold tires were very sketchy for everyone um, in this race. Like they, there was a lot of spinning off, a lot of not making the corners uh, on cold tires. So I don't know, um, you know, just that's obviously how the tire is affecting that car um, for the, on, when it's cold. Um, so then they did the green flag pit stop started around lap 25, 26. Um, Sage Karam pitted on lap 27, um, and Scott McLaughlin took over the lead, but this is where Sage, Sage's, uh, race took a really bad, um, turn for it. So when he came out of the pits, um, I guess when he, he, he got into it with, uh, or he got held up by, um, one of the drivers going into the pits and then coming out, which caused him to, um, come out side by side, uh, Felix Rosenquist, uh, which, he was uh, he wouldn't budge for it. he wasn't budging and they were running pretty good and they ran in one of the tightest corners side by side which they shouldn't have I don't know they were racing pretty hard and um, this is where I I saw a change and I don't know I don't know who I don't know much about Sage Karam's personality but his aggression started taking over you could see it in the race you could see it on the broadcast they were talking about it um, he he got he got into Felix uh, uh, Rosenquist and then. Uh, another couple laps later, he gets into uh, Santino uh, Ferrucci, um, trying to pass him, um, and then he goes down pit. I guess he was black flagged, and he had to go down pit road, and he got a speeding. Well, he penalty. had a speeding penalty from that earlier stop, so he had a black okay, flag so that whole still, time. That's what that I did, he I knew did. he had. To, I thought he got black flagged. From so the, that's probably why he was driving pissed. So then he he came. He went down pit road. Um, and, or I guess, and then he just parked it at one point. He kind of just was done with it. Um, now, hold on. How come, did he get the same kind of crap Bubba got? He didn't go I, on Twitter and rage quit yeah, and tell true, everybody. True, true. He true. did He did do an interview on the broadcast around lap 20, uh, 34. He uh, he came on the broadcast. They did a little bit of an interview. You could see in his face he was a little upset and flustered. I don't know, like I said, I don't know Sage Karam's personality or what he is. To me, he rage quitted there too. Obviously, he's like, if I don't win, I'm finished. I'm not gonna finish type thing, because um, he probably could have still come back and probably got a top fifteen. They're running 20. for points. Yeah. So, I don't know what he was doing, but that's on him. You know, 
the thing that he didn't do though is like David, like I said, he walked away. He didn't do very good. His anger on the track showed, and I guess Mike, it makes sense now when you're saying that if he had a penalty, he was probably trying to push it so that he could get down pit road and not lose as much. So that makes sense, but he didn't make any friends out there, obviously, and it just didn't look good on him. But he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything negatively to impact all but just leaving the race. That's all he did, right? Um, and they reported on it, and that was it. Um, he did. He was nice enough to come on the broadcast and do a, an interview, so that was okay. Um, so after that is when the race got uh, got a lot more interesting because Scott McLaughlin had to pit again, uh, which turned the lead over to Scott Speed. Um, but Scott Speed was trying to save fuel and make it to the end. Um, so Scott McLaughlin eventually caught him again with uh, about six laps to go. And then Will Power, who was right behind McLaughlin, uh, ended up in second place. Um, was trying to run down Scott McLaughlin, but Scott McLaughlin uh, had the right strategy. He ran the perfect race, and uh, good on him because he's obviously not an IndyCar guy. He's got one. I think he's trying. He's running the Indy 500, and that's it. But he's he's a V8 supercar guy. He's like Marcus Ambrose, um, and to come over and race these and and do well. Uh, Shows he's done really well in the first couple of weeks he's raced in this. So, um, the thing I thought the I thought the thing that was funny though was Will Power. I mean, he was on the driver chat calling people wanker and different things, and and apparently he got muted. Yeah, he got like, his chat disband or um, banned for that race. I feel a sudden kinship with Will Power. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy so, Rand is respectable. Yeah, so the notables that I have that I picked out of this race. So Robert Wickens, obviously his first race, he finished eighth. I mean, he had a bit of, a couple of run-ins. Uh, it's, he had some damage to his car, um, but that's a really good, respectable race for, you know, for the first time he's been in in that race. And uh, and he really wanted to be back racing. This, is, if you look on his his uh, Twitter page, he was ecstatic, and he and he was talking on podcasts this week about how. Um, he feels like this is letting him reconnect with, uh, it may not be being in IndyCar, but at least lets him reconnect and feel like he's being part of it again, right? Even just to do it once and just to get a top 10, it's got to be vindication for him, you know, because being in a situation he's in and telling people, you know, he's not going to give up until he can walk again. And when we all know it probably is not going to happen, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's really neat to see him do well. That's because he's Canadian. Never gives up. Uh, so Johnson, Jimmy Johnson finished 12th. And I think he had one of the, I think he was pretty clean on that race. I didn't um, see him really get into much. So he did, he's, he's really adapting to these Indy cars, it seems like. Uh, and then the other notable I had was Scott Dixon, because it was his first race in the, um, in it as well. And he finished 16th, but you know, he had an uneventful race as well um, for his first race there. Um so if the post race here, the stats, um, it looks like NBC's uh, viewership was uh, 162,000 people, um, wasn't which isn't bad, which is 55% uh, of the people that actually viewed the race from last year, right? So it's not bad when you're only about, you know, you're half of what an actual race is viewing, right? They're not as high as the Coke race. <laughs> yeah, but you're... But IndyCar never actually draws as much as NASCAR does ever anyways, right? They were on broadcast television and still didn't get what Coke does streaming, but 
Uh, anyway, not bad for IndyCar. I, 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 it was a good. It was good to have IndyCar on Saturday because I was like, man, I'm so holed up in my house. I need something to watch, and I knew I was going to watch NASCAR on Sunday, IndyCar on Saturday. NASCAR had their Xfinity truck thing on Saturday night. It was great to have racing to watch this weekend. It was great. Let's move on to World of Outlaws, uh, Chris. Yeah, some more great racing. Um, this is on uh, Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox. Um, they've been having uh, the World Outlaws. Uh, doubleheader will have the sprint car race uh, first and then late models after that. Uh, this week they were at um, Knoxville. Um, great race. Uh, definitely worth the watch if you have the time. Um, if for nothing else, because they had Bubba Wallace in studio, he ran both races. They had him and Clint Boyer's rig in studio with Clint Boyer commentating. So there's a lot of back and forth between the two of them. Clint Boyer, he didn't apologize for any of the times he ran into Bubba. He actually blamed it on the, um, you know, Mike, jo- Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon in his ear and told him, he's like, you'll see, see, you got to do this race now. You'll see what I have to deal with. You'll, you'll see why I ran into you. But so it was it was great just um, for watching them. But then the, the on track racing was spectacular. I mean, these guys, they haven't had any of the, the holdups that the, the NASCAR guys been having. The racing was great. Um, Greg mentioned I've been uh, I really need to get back into trying to figure out the dirt stuff and watching these guys is a big part of that because it was a lot of fun. And uh, the sprint car race, um, Kevin Swindell uh, won that one. He uh, it was it was a some of the the Kyle Larsons and some of the, some of those guys um, kind of ran up front early, and, but the, the the cream kind of rose to the top. You could see the guys that kind of took care of their stuff and uh, kind of run away with it there at the end. But um, uh, Swindell, he uh, Knoxville was the track that uh, he wrecked at um, I think 2015 and left him partially paralyzed from the waist down. So uh, this it, it it was it just seemed like a normal race interview. Um, after the race, it seemed like it would become emotional. Seems like it was a pretty big deal, but he was just um, couldn't wait to get there in the real car with his new hand controls and and try out the real thing. Again, what an opportunity! Just like we were talking about with the other guy who's paralyzed, uh, to come in and to win at the track that actually you had your accident at. It's got to be emotional, and then to beat C Bell. You know, the best there is in the sprint car and Kyle Larson and gravel and, and all these guys. I mean, wow. Kevin Swindell's my hero. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so the racing was great. Like, so he couldn't run away with it. He, he, I can't remember where he qualified, maybe between like fifth, eighth. And he had to race hard for it. These guys were beating, banging, lean on each other, but uh, just a couple of cautions in each race. I think I would say, even though I haven't learned it myself, the, uh, the dirt was other than day night transition has been one of the best additions in the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, the, uh, the late model race after was, uh, just as good. Um, and it was kind of the same where you saw a few, few guys up front that kind of faded to the back, um, later in the race. Um, Bobby Pierce was one of the guys that looked really strong early. He was, he's a guy I've seen race in real life a lot. He, um, is a, a wizard at Eldora. He's a world 100 champ there. But uh, he was real quick and then kind of kind of faded. Um, Corey Gordon ended up winning that race. He's one of he's one of our guys, and that's kind of the guys you saw up front there at the end. It was kind of like the NASCAR thing where 
our iRacing guys, they know how to take care of their stuff, and they were the ones that were there at the end. Uh, his uh, post-race interview was, I, I, the, the closest thing I could think of to compare it to was the, the Talladega Nights, I don't know where to put my hands interview, because he was just <laughs> so, it, he had no, there was no emotion to it. You know, if that was me, I would have just been, you know, I probably wouldn't be able to breathe, I would have been so excited, and he was like, yeah, it was a great race, so I was... Just business as usual, huh? Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, that was." He kind of, you kind of sound like he was like, "Yeah, that was pretty easy." You know, usually I have to be a bunch of high racing guys. This time I had a bunch of scrubs in here, and so it wasn't so bad. That's <laughs> kind of what it sounded like. But uh, yeah. Bubba did well. Um, I think he was a lap down in that race, but he did. He was fine in both races. He seemed like he was having a lot of fun. I mean, he wasn't competitive, but he wasn't in anybody's way. He um, beat Scott Bloomquist, Bloomquist in the late models, which was. Um, you know, he that's that's one of the guys that knows those cars better than any. So I think he did just fine in his debut. And he couldn't race quick. I mean, he couldn't go anywhere. He was stuck in the studio. But, man, he was sweating at the end of it. Holy cow, he was soaked. That's definitely a good story. So IMSA is back. Speaking of more of the real-life guys coming on to the sim. Um, and they've set up a full IMSA Racing Pro Series schedule. The next race is going to be they're going to go two nights a w- or bi-weekly kind of like the pro series does or the uh, i'm sorry the coke series uh the next race is april 16th and it'll actually be at laguna seca then they're also doing mid ohio and they're closing with the glen and they haven't decided to come um looks like they're still running just the gt gt cars just the Le Mans class so it seems like we've got racing every day of the week so every other tuesday every other what is this? What did you say, David? Weekly every other this is every Thursday. Other, every, every other, other Thursday. Thursday. Um, they got uh, the other thing. What's the the, the pro the, the series? The replacements is the same time That's as Tuesday. Road to Pro. Yeah. Um, and then it looks like Subaru is throwing their uh, or the IRX uh, sponsored by Subaru All Star Invitational is going to be going off on Fridays. Um, a tweet was put out by Subaru on their on Twitter, obviously. Um, talking about this, uh, so uh, they're excited to announce the all-new esports rallycross series, the Subaru IRX All-Star Invitational, kicking off Friday at 6 p.m. So that's this Friday. Uh, tune into the at Subaru uh, Subaru MS underscore USA Facebook channel or catch events live on YouTube and cheer for the team drivers Travis Persta- uh, Travis Pastrana. Scott Speed and Brandon uh, Semenek. So yeah. that looks and like teenager uh, Sammy Matty Trogan, who won the uh, last Rallycross Championship, he has uh, been invited. Didn't you say something on here, Mike, about me <laughs> making a joke? Because your Twitter handle. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, because my my one Twitter handle is Subi Freak. Right, Subaru Subi Freak. Isn't that what you, it, it's about? Yeah, it's I drive. That's all I used to have was Subarus. Yeah, kind of cool to see Subaru getting in on uh, Rallycross, which is kind of non-existent, but they want in on the action too, so why not? Haven't we seen this, though? Like, the manufacturers, when they get involved, is when the series start doing something bigger. Like, yeah. you have the, you know, Porsche and Mercedes and, and BMW, and um, the, the more that you got a manufacturer behind it, the more maybe it'll get driven. Yeah, this is great news, really, for, for Rallycross, because it's kind of was a dead series for a while there. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, behind the scenes of iRacing on Fox, 
a autoweek.com uh, long article. And uh, it was kind of an interesting read uh, to see how uh, what happens behind the scene with Mike Joy, Jeff Gordon, Larry McReynolds, as they uh, call from the Fox Sports studio in Charlotte. Um, Fox Sports executive producer Brad Zager said he's been blown away by the experience. He said, but we're presenting this as a real sport. It's the right presentation at the right time. Having Dale Jr. and Denny Hamlin created a buzz. We went through that first week without sports, and by the end of the weekend, we were able to talk about an actual race with an actual winner. So uh, kind of a neat article uh, in Auto Week by Matt Weaver, who's a big fan of iRacing, obviously. He's done a couple articles we've talked about here in, in two, the last couple of weeks. And it just seems to be the trend that we're covering one after another is just articles talking about how this is the only thing around for sports fans right now. Well, so, apparently NBA was doing some kind of NBA 2000 or whatever, and it was like a joke. Well, we, uh, I've said this already, but I'll say it again. This is the only one where the sim is almost the same set of skills. Right. So speaking of some not real racers, but actually just uh, software changes in the uh, in the sim, the Xfinity cars have the same dash signage that, had, that was added for the cup cars. So you can now... Uh, put your logo and other any any kind of sponsorship information or even custom numbers in your Xfinity paints. So it's not just the A car; it's all the NASCARs. So I wonder about the truck. Um, this just says Xfinity. I I don't know if they've done it for the truck yet. If they haven't, it's probably coming soon. So uh, Chris, you want to tell us about the tire temps with the Appy in official racing? Uh, yeah. So this is um, a post from our friend um, John Hammer. I'm calling for iRacing to please disable the tire temps in the API for official events that do not allow them to read in real life while the car is in motion, i.e. NASCAR and most asphalt stock cars. So if I'm um, getting this right, I guess there's apps you can use where you can get live live or, or close to live um, tire temps. Yeah, there's, yeah, saying there's it's some a way of doing delayed. it. Well, it's yeah. in the telemetry. And yeah, so he's calling to trying to just get them to turn this off. And apparently there's not something they are looking into now, but David Tucker did chime in and says they are looking in to get that fixed next season. But yeah, it is kind of frustrating to sound. I mean, maybe it's not as simple as throwing a switch, but it kind of sounds like one of those things that maybe it is. And that's going to give a few people a, a really unfair advantage if they're using some extra apps that some another team maybe isn't. I suppose well, you can see how your tires are holding up or not, but ultimately you're kind of stuck with your set other than making small adjustments once you get in the race. Well, I think what they're talking about is this shows, um, even if it's delayed, you can still know in a practice session what, you know, if you drove into this corner hard, what did it do to the to, to the tire? or it, the, the amount of data you can get from a live reaction. Like in real life, you don't have live data on a tire you know, they wait till they go to pit road and they read the tire temps and that and see the tire wear. But on this, if you can get a live actual reading saying you go into that corner and the one tire is losing a percentage on the outside or heating up real quickly on the outside somewhere compared to somewhere else, you can gain a huge advantage if you if you're getting data that not everybody's getting if you're figuring out the right way to do it. Yeah, but in test sessions, aren't they actually able to put that kind of a telemetry sensor on the cars. Well, it's yeah, just... but you you can't. It's not like like 
NASCAR is not like F1. F1 has law and live readings in their tires, but NASCAR, they wouldn't read their tires as a data. They would, the data that you'd be getting, um, well, they have like F1 has forces and things like, yeah, F1 has the sensors in the race, but in NASCAR, those sensors are only allowed uh, at testing, is the way I understood it. Yeah, but you can't, they don't have a temp tested in a tire because that it's too, the, the technology that you'd be running extra stuff on a stock car that doesn't exist to, run, to read that kind of telemetry. And you'd be putting, you'd have to be putting it in Goodyear's tires, mounting it in there. Like Pirelli and them mount the way that the f1 works they mount it on the rim it's got to do with the way the sensors are mounted in a rim it's just a, it's an unnatural competitive advantage advantage it's something that doesn't exist in real life it's like bouncing the car off the wall at bristol to go faster it's just it's something they need to get rid of it's a fix they need to make and it's Bingo. so we have a competitors list for the digital nuremberg endurance series powered by cbo and they've got a even on the script, we've got a nice picture here of a whole lot of GT3 cars all lined up like five wide. That's crazy. What track is that? That's oh, obviously Nurburgring. Okay, <laughs> Nürburgring, duh. Yeah. Five wide. That's crazy. Those are some beautiful paint jobs. That's a Makes really high-quality picture. You, I, don't, I, I think do that's why I put it on here. And the Nuremberg, the iRacing Nuremberg 24 is coming up soon. And one of the Elite West guys has talked me into trying to learn the track. And it took me two days to complete one lap without an X. Now, my right. question, was this picture taken uh, as they're in motion coming to the green where someone had said just before that, now take it easy, you can't win it on the first lap? <laughs> Parade lap, likely. <laughs> Standing start. My computer's <laughs> lagging just looking at this picture. <laughs> I don't think I've seen so many cars in one shot. I mean, that's like yeah. 60 cars in one shot. Kudos to whoever took the picture and has all their graphics setting up. Now on to, uh, I guess we're going back into the NASCAR port here. It's kind of a an odd thing to be talking about here, but um, Rail follows uh, Radioactive. Um, he posted up on his Twitter page um, a short two-minute clip of, a little over two-minute clip of his encounters in the Bristol race from the Coke series the other night. And I think he had, I think... Uh, Ray is such an intense racer and it's quite interesting to hear how he's just talking while he's in the race here and, and giving some of his opinions and, and the way he got in that altercation with uh, who's in the 37 car again. Um, who was it that got, he got in, got into it with. Oh, I don't know, but it was interesting yeah. watching it. Yeah. He, uh, I thought he'd be more mad because he got dumped there and he was less mad there than some of the racing he was doing in the middle of that race. Yeah, kind of neat. I I love that Ray's doing his own radioactive, kind of like uh, picking up what the NASCAR guys are doing. But I I enjoyed it. It's fun. Now from that, we're gonna head over. To, we have this title as win at any cost. If this guy didn't get pro protested, I I don't know about your guys' opinion on this. The way that that race ended, I don't see that as a really good ending to a race. But I guess if it was me, I would probably feel it was fine. But I just think that. The way that they're wrecking and purposely running into each other there for this race, um, it's it's not a good look on the uh, on the racing. But obviously, it was just a normal race. Um, but this was posted up by uh, what's it say, Bread Perez. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The, the video just for me screams protest. 
Oh yeah. It's like a, a hosted race where anything goes kind of thing. And, uh, they're obviously coming down two to three to go and, and, uh, just slamming each other left and right is whatever they can do to keep the lead, go to the lead, take the lead, win the race. Yeah. Just win at any cost. Nobody in this video lifts. None of them ever. <laughs> I mean, there's some good car control. Like I'll give it the three yeah. had some car yes. control, but he would have never had to been in that position if he didn't come off the one corner and pinch on the, like the last lap. He pinched, uh, I don't know if I think it looks like a four car or something, but he pinched the, this car up against the wall, and that's what started him having to defend that position. Oh, he got someone side next to me now? I'll just slam him, you know, just slam left, slam left, you know. Anyway, that was an interesting video to watch. I, just something random I found on Twitter. I wonder if that was an official race or hosted or not. Okay, uh, Bristol server issues next. Uh, this is my own personal experience. Uh, I was at the back during the yellow. I hear it go green. I see the green flag. Everybody goes. But when I get down to turn one and two, the pace car is still on the track, but it's green. And then there was a big wreck, and I got wrecked. And as soon as I hit the wall, everybody disappeared. Then a few seconds after that, I'm dropped off the server. Teammate Tony Rochette was in a lower split that evening, and said it happened to him twice that night where the pace car was coming out of two when the green flag came out. And then there was a forum post of other drivers who experienced uh, something similar. And so in the forums, uh, they called it the NIS race split drop tonight. And what became of this is after uh, posting in there about my, my uh, <clears throat> what happened to me, um, I started looking and somebody mentioned that the results aren't showing. And sure enough, it, uh, I looked at the last 10 races. It was like I never even ran the race at all. And then somebody said, hey, go look in ghosting. And sure enough, if you go to ghosted oval, it was still sitting there two days later. That race was still in progress. It was craziest thing I've ever seen. Is it still going or is it done? Is it time I haven't looked since then. It might still be there. But that was from Friday uh, night split. Uh, so I got wrecked, so I'm pretty glad that the result didn't count. But uh, we did hear from Nicholas Bailey from staff. He said, sorry about this, everyone. We will look into what happened. The race server instance running this session crashed. The server itself remained up as well as all the other race server instances running on that server. So I think it was just one split and it crashed. But as Tony told me, he was in a lower split and he had something similar happen. I don't think they actually uh, crashed out though, but they had a problem with the pace car being on the track during the green. Well, it's interesting that you talk about the pace car because we, we've had a couple of patches I think, since the last time we talked. Uh, and in the uh, season two patch three hot fix, they did fix some issues with erratic pace car driving. Gave them a breathalyzer. <laughs> also, they did some sound level work on the Delara. They did some things for the Gander trucks, Silverado, as well as the Tundra. They they fixed something with the dirt version, I guess. Actually, not loading correctly. And they did something else with this the the Legacy Silverado. And then this morning we actually had another patch, and. We'll cover the AI. I think that's actually listed later. So I'll kind of skip over the AI section. No, we. Uh, I removed that story. We were going to cover oh, it here. My bad, then. 
Uh, ovals, finally. A couple of the smaller ovals. Char Charlotte and Kentucky now have AI at the oval. And they did, mm -hmm. a, lot of other they did a lot of other training uh, to help the, the AI behave better in certain situations. Uh, you, I'm not going to read the whole list for you, but um, it includes stuff like passing the field as the lucky dog or dealing with green flag pit stops. Uh, just a lot of stuff that that oval drivers deal with that road course tactics don't involve. Uh, they fixed an issue with the pace car. Um, I'm gonna, I am gonna read this one. Fixed a, a race control issue where the cars that have run ahead in the pace field are and are ahead of the leaders as the pace car triggers, either two to go or one to go, can essentially hijack the lead of the pace field and trigger race control to throw the green flag based on their position. So even if they've run half a lap ahead of everyone else. They can cause the green flag to come out early. Well, that's what I experienced. So that's why I still saw the pace car on the track when it was green. Mm -hmm. And this fix identifies the naughty cars that are ahead and will ignore them, preventing the hijacking from happening. They, uh, they also did some work on the flagman. They did some work on the telemetry data for push to pass counts. Um, and there are some other baseline changes to some of the sports cars. Uh, drafting has been changed as well in the IndyCar, the, the 18. They've added a dashboard decal for the IndyCar as well. I think they're going to be doing that to just about every car to help TV out. Do you guys notice a trend here? They do an update every time we have to go to a NASCAR track? <laughs> well, it looks like they're doing for the IndyCar, so they're adjusting the drafting package because they're going to Michigan. Well, uh, the big update today was Richmond. Yeah. Yeah, they're make, they're updating a lot of the sponsors on the track since it's going to be on national television. So we'll probably start seeing a lot of hot patches for that. Uh, this one I noticed big time this morning because I've been running a, a lot of the Watkins Glen races with the Le Mans series. They took the Nerf bat and beat the crap out of the Porsche 919. They took away a lot of its harvesting ability when it's when it's under acceleration, um, and it it's a lot less power efficient now. It's costing about a half a second a lap, I think. Are they wow. trying to bring it back more in line for the Audi then? Well, they're constantly bouncing back and forth between the two with balance of the power adjustments. Um, you know, and I don't know what data all goes into that, but I just, I know I went in and qualified and, and came around on the second lap and was so much lower on battery than, I'm, than I was used to. And I was like, yeah. And then I asked if they changed something in the patch because I had not looked at the notes yet. And there it is. Um, before today, I was able to to use. There's two settings. You got your battery, and you've got your maximum amount you're allowed to deploy per lap. Uh, yesterday, I was getting up to about 75 percent, 80 percent per lap as I was managing my battery, and I would usually my battery would be at about 20 percent when I would come to the line. Today, I was usually only deploying about 50 percent of my allotment, and and still being at 20 percent of battery left. So they they hit it pretty hard. The the odd thing with this, like, obviously, it looks like we're going to have a patch every time that these guys go to a different track. So between the IndyCar and the NASCAR series, it looks like they're going to do some updating to some of these things to get the advertising right and some of the graphics and, and making it, obviously, some of these other things, the service textures and stuff like that are for the uh, aesthetic of watching them. Um, and then it's funny that they all of a sudden updated the Flagman um, well, there was one race that Flagman was behind when the green flag would come out. And there was a lot of talk about it 
Uh, and it's funny how that that do you honestly think that that would ever been in anything that would have gotten changed if we weren't televising these things? Right. Exactly. Well, the touch ups to Richmond were just, you know, visual, you know, kind of thing. They updated it to make it look like it does today kind of thing. But they did put up some nice high res pictures on Instagram earlier today of those changes. Well, it's also going to be a day to night transition, right? So they're trying nice. to they're trying to make it probably aesthetically pleasing to how it works and and just make sure make sure everything's working right. It's definitely a good thing. Uh that's they're really paying attention to a lot of little details that they might have put on the back burner. So I'm 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 definitely enjoying it. Just trying to see here. I'm just going into the schedule here to see so Talladega, what 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 updates do to Talladega? Because that's the next one after Richmond. I'm sure there's something. It's been a long time since they've scanned Talladega. I can't wait to see the Pro Series at Talladega. But anyways, past that. Yeah, let's keep moving, Chris. Uh, yeah. So iRacing um, posts up the schedule for the uh, 24 hours of Nuremberg. That's going to be coming up here in a couple of weeks, uh, April 24th to 26th. The first race kicks off at 9 p.m. Eastern time, and the second race uh, kicks off at Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, D 4.0, or basically a C license to race, and no DQ limit. You get a stop and go at 100 incidents, and another stop and go at every 20 incidents after that. Um, any notables I'm missing here, David, since you're a road guy? It sounds like they've covered everything for a 24-hour race. I know, David, you're not running it, right? We lost, David. Okay. Let's keep moving. Uh, known issue uh, with the DNC. So this is a quick one here. Alex uh, Gustafson from the iRacers on staff posted up, uh, there's currently an issue with uh, the use of the do not count caution laps. Uh, I guess that's in the hosted race, right? Um so they've disabled it for users in the created session right now just while they're fixing it. So there is no uh, do not count caution laps uh, option right now. I've had a lot of problems with that considering it's just it not, doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but it's been causing them a lot of headache, it seems like. It's almost like it's unconventional from what they've software has been written for 10 years, right? It's been written one way. When you go around a lap, it ticks it off. Like it's hard to, it's almost like it's hard to bring it back from all their old software to get it to work properly with everything. Okay, next up, uh, stock cars are on dirt now. Uh, we've been spotted the Chevy Impala SS running uh, Lanier dirt, and uh, they put up some nice high res photos in the forums. Uh, somebody did. And uh, one of the staff members uh, confirmed that they are running dirt tires, even though visually they don't look like dirt tires. Ooh. Just another fun thing to do on the dirt, right? Yeah. I'll have to try that. So other changes. The Indy Pro 2000 and USF 2000. Uh, they're, in the June build, they're changing some license classes. Trying to set up a new road to the, to the IndyCar lab. So... Uh, it'll start with rookie in the MX-5 Cup, and then the D-Class is going to be a fixed formula sprint. No, no. It'll be the F, the new car, the F-2000. Yeah, the fixed fixed formula sprint using the new S oh, I see. F-2000. Uh, then in C-Class, it'll be open using the new Indy Pro 2000, which is going to replace the Pro Mazda. So in Pro Mazda, it's basically it was open setup. I guess they're going to throw the throw that Indy car in there, and then in Class C, it'll be the Indy Class 
it'll be the IndyCar iRacing Series, which is NIS for IndyCar. And also the Delara, well, that uses the Delara IR18. And then the B-Class will be Open Indy Road using the IR. And we have a tweet from uh, one of our teammates and former podcast member. He's been a little bit on hiatus. Uh, will Gibson pitched in hoping that there will be refunds for the Renault, new t- the Renault 2.0 and Star Mazda, which are, I guess, basically defunct now. Oh, I didn't see that one. The The tweet I saw from Will was there should be an American and an international open wheel license. And he That's suggested right. uh, a couple different paths for that. In fact, his post was actually a reply to that because it was eye pacing world that said something about the refunds. Yeah. So he, he was saying, you know, you just did the American uh, road to pro ladder. So the international could be the Skippy, the F 2.0, the F three, then the 3.5. And then finally the F one. Not a bad idea. Okay, Chris, we finally have done the real crossover. Points are on the line for an iRace. Yeah, so the uh, NASCAR Euro Series, um, they are launching the NASCAR E-Euro, NASCAR eSports Series. Um, it's going to kick off April 21st. Uh, it'll be eight events with the last three serving as playoff rounds and awarding double points. And yeah, as you mentioned, for the first time in virtual motorsports, the participating series drivers will also score points toward the real 2020 Euro Series Team Championship. So the points from the iRacing series will carry into the real life series once they get started up. Yep. As reported uh, by Jim Utter on motorsport.com. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I really hope they don't do that in NASCAR because these guys are already taking it pretty seriously, and this would really ramp that up, and things would probably get ugly. So, I'll could be you imagine if NASCAR goes. did do it though? Yes, I, I like that. There's that much on the line, but that's where I think it might cause problems. Because if you put that much on the line, then are you bringing in like team engineers to be your crew chief and? And where do they push stuff, you know, where they try to take advantage of software flaws or something, you know, it might get a little too intense. Or the simple fact of having an internet connection just go dead. Yeah, yeah, this needs to kind of be fun. Leading the race and the internet connection goes dead. Hey, it's the Euro NASCAR guys uh, are doing it, you know, so. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how it goes. How many of you guys knew about the Euro NASCAR series before now? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Hey, it's putting them on the map, at least yep, in the I'll United States. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a little bit different. Uh, one quick tidbit, Tyler uh, on Monday uh, posted in the forums, over 800 new protests from this weekend alone. <laughs> Can you imagine? They come into work Monday morning, Nim Cross sits down, he's got 800 emails. How do you get through 800 protests? You know, that's crazy. But you got to realize he's got 800 protests, but there's still going to be ones coming in as he's checking off one. Right. It never ends. Now, they do have a team working on it. He's the chief, but he does have other people reviewing things as well. I, I guess imagine. he's not, ra- not racing in our uh, splits anymore. Too busy, huh? <laughs> You're right. I haven't seen him in the last few weeks. So, Dirty Monkey, Super Late Model Asphalt Series. Uh, listener John Fowler sent this in to us. It's a league that he's starting up on the May 6th. It'll run on, I can't see the day of the week, but it'll run at 9 p.m. Eastern. League is going to be an asphalt super lit model, and it will be broadcasted by the eSport Broadcasting Network. 
It's also going to be free, and the races will be on Wednesday night. There we go. It's going to be fixed setups. Yeah, go get involved, guys. Uh, John Fowler is a great guy, and uh, Dirty Monkey Motorsports uh, putting up a nice little league. Uh, check it out if you like the asphalt super lates. I think our guy Adam uh, might be interested in that. I think uh, Nick likes to run the super lates as well, I believe. So if you want more information, the best way is uh, you can look it up on uh, the league in iRacing Leagues or uh, get on Facebook and search Dirty Monkey Motorsports. So I don't have a uh, a (laughs) wife. However, Chris, you do. Why don't you tell us about this new uh, Facebook group? Uh, yeah, this new iRacing Wise Facebook group. And yeah, my wife has already joined, and <laughs> I encourage yours to do the same. Um, she's 123 she's, uh, members. Yeah, quite a few members. And like I said she just joined today, but she was having a lot of fun with it. And um, I, I kind of I kind of was afraid it was going to be um, Bash's group, but um, not really. It seems to be more of, um, and it, it seemed like from what she said, they make it kind of clear it's not so much about bashing our husbands as it is um, a support group for us that are <laughs> having to lot, deal with them. There's a lot of divorce attorney uh, advertisements on here. <laughs> <laughs> there was one one picture in particular she showed me. She um, one wife is complaining that her husband races in the living room and she has to move all of his sim equipment out of the way when he leaves so she can watch TV. And another um, says, you know, I understand that I have to do that too. And she says, no, you don't understand. This is what I have to move. And he has like a two by four box frame with like sheet metal stapled on the sides of it that he sits in in front of the TV. Are you sure that's not Tony Gross? Oh, this is so much more redneck than Tony. Tony, <laughs> this would make Tony cry. And it looks like you need a tetanus shot to move the thing. But yeah, it looks like it. it I think it's going to be a real fun group. They, um, she mentioned that they might be putting together a wives race. And so yeah, a lot of members, and it, it was really active. I think it, it'd be really fun. So um, I've been on there for one day, but it looks like it looks like it'd be a recommend. I looked at the member list, and I saw like there were. A lot of women, mostly women, but there are men that are members of this group. And I'm thinking, hmm. We all know what that could mean. Well, I wanted to kind of join the group just to see what they were talking about, you know, kind of thing. You know, so we could talk about it. But at least uh, Chris's wife did that for us. So, Yeah, I kind of thought that was how it was going to work, too. I was like, you could be kind of a spy. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's working that way at all. There's not, no information's coming out. She just sits there on the couch and laughs and then kind of looks over me and then goes back to her phone and laughs some more. <laughs> I love their logo, too. It's got the it's a normal iRacing logo, but it's got a black silhouette of a, like a, you know, a woman over the top of it. Oh, yeah. It's and the so just slap girl. <laughs> yeah. So their description. So has you. So uh, has you. <sighs> Has your significant other been sucked into the world of iRacing? Do you have half a race car sitting somewhere in your home for them to <laughs> virtually fulfill their lifelong dream of becoming the next Intimidator? Let's talk about it. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Whoever thought, uh, I'm trying to see where it originated from. Is it Kathy? Uh, anyways, whoever put it up, great job on doing it, though. I wonder if we could get Amy Earnhardt to join that group. Probably. You, yeah. you ought to send a tweet to her about it. I think Clint so, Borer's wife will be in there. She'll just got post, the, post pictures of her shotgunning beers. That's Kyle's. Uh, didn't Clint Boyer's wife do that as well? Uh, I guess, yeah, she did. 
So next up, a uh, article at racer.com called How iRacing is Meeting the Moment. And it's basically a long-form article, I think, with a uh, with iRacing staff member Kevin Bobbitt uh, providing quotations and so forth. And I'm going to read one of the quotes here. Certainly has been an interesting couple of weeks here at iRacing, said Marketing Director Kevin Bobbitt. We've had pretty steady growth since we launched our product back in 2008, but certainly the last three or four weeks, whatever it's been now, it's been even crazier in terms of how many people are signing up. People also kind of come and go through iRacing. iRacing is a membership system, so you, when you have an active membership, you can join our servers and race. But uh, it's a nice article that basically talks about what's going on with the growth of iRacing here in the in the recent weeks and, you know, what's going on with the different racing series. And they use the cover image is Robert Wickens. Yeah, great article. And now on to uh, our boy Hammer again. Uh, he's really on the, uh, <laughs> on, an, on about these, uh, the tire, uh, exploits uh we probably should have moved this one up with the other one we had but uh, there's another one here from hammer about the uh, the burning out for q sessions and his idea is that when you get out on the track and you reach 50 kilometers an hour or miles per hour i guess um you all of a sudden the tires change to zeroing out again or new tires um so that would fix guys from cheating about the burnout uh i don't know about that but i guess you know it's an idea i don't know i mean we've been we don't know all the exploits that everybody knows, but uh, this tire burnout one's been around for a long time. Sounds plausible, like it would work. And who would notice? You know, you're you're creeping up to fifty miles, fifty kilometers an hour. You're at forty. You might have burned the tires; they might be warm. But the moment you cross fifty, you have a brand new set on. Uh, you know, you're not going to notice. It's it's going to take away any effect that you might have done before you got to fifty. Once you're past 50, I mean, how can you burn out going that fast? So I think it's a great idea. Is this like the movie Speed? If you go below 50, it'll blow up. <laughs> All right, next up, on a serious note, a former uh, guest on our podcast, Justin Melillo, who kind of does uh, media for NASCAR and Coke series and various things. Uh, he actually got on Twitter and said, hey, guys, I got the coronavirus. Um and said he wasn't feeling well. So we just want to give uh, prayers and well wishes out to Justin. Uh, we're thinking about you, bud. I hope you uh, can get past this. Uh, since I put it in the script, he's actually posted that he's feeling much better. So I think he's going to be okay. It's uh, it's a tough time that we're living in right now. And it, it's nice that we get to talk about this stuff. But there is some serious stuff going on in this world. Boy, is there. You know, and it, it's, you know as we go through the f- coming weeks... I'm pretty sure we're going to hear of other iRacers and other people we've uh, in our circles that are going to get it. Um, so you just got to prepare for that. Uh, let's go into housekeeping notes. Uh, don't forget the show notes. Uh, there is a description in the in the description of the podcast. There's a link. And uh, it's a great way to follow along while you listen. Uh, we have links to everything that we talk about. Um, don't forget to send in your story ideas. It's been kind of working. I've gotten emails from listeners this week, and and I love it. So if you have a link to send us about a story, just email it to me, okay? And uh, don't forget, we are in regular rotation over at the Performance Motorsports Network. 
Uh, check us out. You can find us live over there several times a week uh, on their 24-hour, seven-day-a-week network. And with that, let's go into hardware software. Oh, God. That always gets me every time. Um, anyways, uh, so the first uh, thing here is uh, going to an Instagram page um, of an 8020 uh, from the SimLabs Instagram page uh, of their 8020 rigs. It's almost like a, a hybrid between... Um, a tube, a tube rig and an 8020. Um, and, you know, it's a really nice look. It almost, I don't know, the seat seems like it's a little far back for me, the way you look. And listen, uncomfortable. It's, it's a, it, does, it looks like a, it's a pretty simple design. Like, it's a small footprint. Um, and it's, uh, they just posted it up here. Um, the other thing that, uh, I don't know, they have this on here as well on the Instagram page. Um, I'm guessing, uh, Roman Grosjean, he has purchased this rig from them as, uh, as well, and he's posting on his Instagram about building it. Um, I don't know. If, obviously, no, I don't think he bought that rig. I think these are two separate just, stories. Just, they just, for some reason, are linking together. He bought a P1X that he's putting together. Yeah. Okay, so it's just for some reason they were together there um, in images, I guess, because uh, it's probably under Simlabs, but okay. Um, so Roman Grosjean's got a P1X he's building, and uh, he's a Formula One uh, racer, and obviously he's got wants to get racing in his off time because I guess he's a, he's probably setting it up, getting it ready for using the F1, uh, the Efren racing that they're doing uh, televised as well. Right. I I don't know about the new rig that they're putting together. The the tubular thing that that's holding up the base. For the steering wheel base, it just looks like it, there'd be flex in that. Uh, maybe there isn't, but just eyeballing it, you know, from a picture, I don't know. I don't like the way it's mounted to that bar. Does it not like? It just seems like you could. It's got to be flex, yeah. It's just, yeah, it, it's it just seems like an odd. And everything now shows a direct drive rim on it or base on it. Um, but how much of it's going to actually hold it? Um, and that's just. I don't know what the price point on this one is, but uh, it's a very simple rig. Okay. Next story, uh, a very clever, clever guy, uh, Mark Thompson from Indiana, posted up in the forums his setup where he's got a really nice mahogany wood desk with uh, a steering wheel and monitor and stuff for racing, but apparently he doesn't have use of his legs. And so he's put together... Uh, a kind of a unique system where he used the Fanatec Club Sport 2.5 um, and he mounted the pedals inverted on the back of the lower part of the desk. And he's got these lever things that kind of come up to underneath the steering wheel with little arms that reach out to the pedals. And so he's controlling the pedals with his hands kind of right below the steering wheel with this contraption he's made. It's pretty cool. Are you, how is he, so he's using those, those two, is it the gray cushion tape things as, yeah. like, he pulls they're, and pushes them depending he on. He twisted, it looks like. They're, they're twisted? Uh, they're either levers or twisters that, that pull the uh, pedals mechanically. Man, that's crazy. That's so, that's so smart. And I guess, you know, when there's a need and you want to build something, I guess you do whatever you can, right? We actually had a driver's ed car that had similar installation at one point at, at the school. Very clever. 
So for you do-it-yourself guys who just want to order your own kit and all the specifics, there's a sim racing rig design download at Beavis Motorsports website that you can go to. Um, it's got a video that I'm sure gives the instructions. I didn't watch the video. Uh, and then quite a few 3D designs that you can download. It looks like very handy. I'd love to hear what Bobby has to say about this. He's our guy who likes to do the, the self-designed 80-20 rigs. Yeah, absolutely. And this is Beavis, like Beavis and Butthead, BeavisMotorsport.com. And it looks like a nice uh, setup, you know, as it looks like a P1X kind of look. Mm -hmm. The the back corner is a little bit different. Like a, on a P1X, uh, it's a small detail, but it doesn't have the the soft 45-degree corner in the back of the P1X like this does. So you could buy your own 8020, follow this uh, design, and you're good to go. All right, we'll check that out. Okay, Chris, we got a shipping update on the VRS wheelbase. Uh, yeah, there has been um, some delays due to this kind of the nonsense going on right now. But um, for the most part, their wheels are coming together. And they're expecting uh, the first shipments to go out in the middle of this month. And uh, they're actually expecting a surplus on be able to fulfill those orders and still have a 60% surplus. So they probably will be having some more go on sale here um, before too long. So you probably keep an eye on their website, get on their mailing list if you're wanting one of those. And they're hoping to have um, full-scale production by the end of the summer. So uh, by then, you'll be able to go on there and just uh, get that get a, one of their new wheels whenever you want them. So I'm pretty excited to, to see another wheel coming on the market. All right. And then a crazy rig review. This is a lot of 8020. Uh, it's actually really nicely done. Uh, it's a, uh, who is it? Michael Shoemaker on his Instagram page. Uh I guess it's at Sim Racing Mike. Um, so I try to see, I try to blow up the image here, but um, is that a, just a normal fanatic base on this stuff? But anyways, it looks like he's got his. It's it's a normal foot printed um, 8020 rig, but he's got triple monitors. But then he's also enclosed it, almost like a roll cage around his belts and seat configuration. There's a roof too. Yeah, so he, so it's got it's covered covered over um and he's got everything and he's got the subwoofer and then the units in the back um with the cpu it's, and all that it's a really it's nice overkill rig. it's overkill the base is a little bit different actually though because it's only single wide at the at the base but it has a it has a metal plate running across the base as well whereas say like the the p1x it's a four wide base but it has no no plate at the bottom. Do you think that's metal? I'm, I'm guessing. Just curious, like it it's such a it's such an interesting design, but it. But why though? Why do we want the roof and the the sidebar and the, you know all that? That's the RS two seat. That's not a special one of those seats, is it? I'm trying to think of that seat. But anyways, it's a it's you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't got or. I wouldn't uh, mind having this in my setup, but it's a really nice. Uh, it's nicely done for what uh, he want. He's got for it. He's got your road rim on there, the McLaren rim, and it looks like he's got a fan on there as well. It's either a fan or a speaker. It's got a, the whole dashboard on his um, base there. It's it's well done. It's just, I don't know if it needed a roof, but maybe he needed it for maybe a lighting problem. I don't. Know. Might make the monitors just a little bit easier to see. 
Okay, Chris, we got more vest. Yeah, um, listener Jason Bossy. I hope I'm saying your name right. Um, sent us in the Tesla suit, and <laughs> man, this is when you think of the future of gaming. This is what you think of this thing. It looks like a future vest. It looks like something. I mean, it looks like straight out of Ready Player One. And this thing has the haptics in it, so it has the rumble in it like you would have in most of the other vests. But on top of that, it has um, electric shock in it. So, you know, like if you've ever had one of those um, electric massagers hooked up or um, a muscle therapy where it actually is electric shock that makes zap, the yeah, muscle. Huh? Yeah, so it has this built into it as well. Um, there is no price if you, you uh, email them for more information. So this is not something that's going to be on the market anytime soon. An email. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But maybe you know, five or ten years down the road, uh, this is this is pretty awesome and totally wireless. You got to think of the different applications that they can use this for. Like my my gaming background for shooters would be about this. Like so that zap, you know, if you get hit by a bullet. Right, it zaps you. Know, it feels yeah. like you're hit, being hit actually by a bullet. Yeah, your muscle's going to tense up in there's that a, area. There's a YouTube video from CNET that they're demonstrating this. And the lady's wearing the, the, the vest thing, and the guy has his, you know, his cell phone out or whatever where he's controlling it. And he's, like, clicking away. And she's like, ooh, you know, moving around as he zaps her. Yeah, he can make her arm and hand move with his remote with his phone, basically, because yeah, he's zapping those muscles that control her arm and fingers. So okay. if you stuff it in the wall, what would the vest do to you? Ouch! What would you do if you were in a bad Brian Newman accident? What'd that feel like? Yeah, you well, we you wake up and... in a pool of sweat. <laughs> we could add the expansion pack where you could actually have a fist fight after the race when you're mad at some. That's the uh, Carol Yarbrough uh, uh, downloadable content. Okay, next up, uh, listener Troy Eaton sent this one in. It is the hsimracing.com, um, and they have these cool little mini button boxes, that they call them. Uh, first of all, there's a USB board uh, that you have to buy to plug them all into, which you can plug into your computer with USB. That's like uh, 27 euros. And then you got to buy the uh, actual mini button boxes as well, uh, and these are kind of cool. They're like tiny two little buttons with a couple wires running off of it. And they're small enough and that you could like somehow mount this to the spoke of your wheel and have like a nice push to talk. And so uh, the buttons with two red buttons on it, that's 38 euros. So uh, you can link up to six sets of those together, I think, with the one USB hub thing. And uh, it's kind of a neat product. The placement, the... Over by the, in this picture, over by the gear shifts kind of makes sense, but I don't know about the placement uh, all the way up where you have to reach almost a foot or two past the wheel. Those wouldn't be very conveniently placed. But, you know, looking at the pictures, David, I mean, he's got them mounted in a variety of different places, you know, for various uh, uses. Yeah, I'm looking at the one that, that has it on a full rig. So I don't think I've seen this website before, but it's hsimracing.com. And they have these little uh, mini button boxes, as they call them. They also sell uh, proper button boxes. They have one here uh, that's 150 euros, and it's got, uh, looks like 15 different functions on it. It's got knobs, uh, toggles, and then push buttons. So if you're in UK, check that out. 
Greg, one last story. So our a company that I really uh, like seeing what they come up with, uh, Derek Spears Designs, has come up with their DSD310 Bluetooth wheel module. Um, it's basically um, a center hub that's wireless, or Bluetooth uh, wireless. Um, it's got 32 functions on it. Um, it's got... Uh, two five-position rotary switches, one rotary encoded with integrated push button, uh, one seven-function funky switch, and two big paddles. Uh, it's Bluetooth 4.0 plus, uh, and it's Windows 10 is required for it. Um, it fits uh, the 70 millimeter rims. Uh, they give a couple examples of ones that they've tested on the forms here. On Derek Spears is posted on his page here. Um, He's posted in it. There is no uh, price on it yet. It says hashtag soon and release date says hashtag soon too. So um, I think it's a really uh, nice, simple design. Um, it's good that it's Bluetooth. Uh, we haven't really seen too many things that are Bluetooth on here this way uh, yet, have we? Not for the SimuCube 2. And that's remember, he is the, uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, distributor for SimuCube. And so this is a great wheel to, uh, you know, wheel base to go with it. I mean, a wheel uh, hub. It looks like they're also making a Formula One version of it as well. Kind of same technology from what you look on their website. Okay. Check that out. Let's get into results. NASCAR iRacing Series. Uh, we'll go into Friday Open. I kind of talked about it where uh, uh, the, the race actually never happened according to iRacing. So we'll skip that. Tom Dreeling, one of our new team members, uh, P12. He said he got damaged early and he just couldn't make up for it, but still uh, P12. Tony Rochette, P9. Six laps down with two black flags, plus a couple of times the field went green when the pace car was on the backstretch. Uh, not bad run, P9. Adam uh, was in top split. He finished P15. Nice run for him. We'll jump to Sunday open. Tony Rochette wrecked but love bristol when no one's around but uh p29 there were four cars on the lead lap and 18 cautions i was wrecked on the 11th i believe i ran i got up early i uh, got wrecked bad seven minutes damage i did stay in it though and i'm glad i did because i three lucky dogs in a row later uh, i got to the lead lap and got a p10 Man, I'll take that after uh, not having a result all week uh, with what happened Friday with the server crash and Wednesday I got wrecked. And so this is my last chance. And man, to get a top 10, I'm so happy with that. I did go and look at uh, my season so far to have my worst weeks of NIS to be 18th and 11th and a Daytona 500 win on top of that. Man, I'm just pleased as punch as we go into this first off week for Easter. Um, my eye rating though, it does tell a different story. <laughs> Greg, how was your you race? race? You're racing a lot though. So, yeah. uh, I got wrecked. Um, I couldn't have, you know, it's one of those things where they wreck in front of you. You just, there's just not enough time to slow down at that track. Um, the only race I got to try that week, uh, for the report kind of was upset for Bristol and, uh, I'm not sure where I finished, but it was probably close to dead last. Um, Ouch. I've lost over 500 I rating, I want to say, Homestead. And uh, it's been a little bit frustrating, but uh, we'll, uh, looks like uh, I'm 
found something here in the last couple uh, things that I've raced here, and uh, we'll get from there. Tony Groves, uh, he was blinking, and uh, you, he finally parked it. He said, I am the issue out here today. So it was his blinking, it was his driving, and he decided to save the other drivers some grief and, and got out. Sunday fixed, I ran, I got P23. It was a did not finish. I actually wrecked three times and stuff that was ahead of me, I couldn't miss. And by the third one, yeah, I was done. Uh, let's move on to uh, current week, uh, Wednesday open. Wrecked out, I had a good top 10 going but got caught up oh that's, that's from the last week old. wasn't it that's igno ignore yeah. all those we're not right. running this week Duh. i'm like wait what am i reading so in official series i did pick up a win this uh was it this morning it, at the glen no it was last night at the glen yeah nice win yeah we did run road to pro let's go through that next uh tony rochette uh p18 Stayed in the top 15 all race restarted seventh on the second green white checker had cars on my rear ping-ponging and wrecked me ugh uh, i ran i got a p15 man i ran the tires off the first run i suck oh man i suck i pitted under green and i actually missed pit road why because the right front had zero percent on it so i don't know if it was actually blown or just flat or what but i couldn't turn to get on pit road and so i had to go around again um then right after that, the caution came out. So I spent most of the race in 30th place after that. But eventually, I got a wave. And eventually, I got a lucky dog. And eventually, I got lead lap. And a bit of attrition, it got me to 15th, man. I'll take it for the road to pro. And then Greg, P6. Yeah, it should have been a P2. Um, that race went 100 and... I think it was 116 laps green flag from the start uh before we had our first caution and i was i think i qualified in close to the 20th spot or somewhere around there 17th to 20th and in the first run i drove up to the top 10 um and i was loose as i've never been that loose coming off corner and just hanging on to it and so i made a whole bunch of changes to it it came alive on the after the first green flag pit stops and i kept driving myself into the top five and still was making a couple more adjustments. And then on the last, after we came out for the second green flag pit stops, the car came alive and I was um, chasing down the guy in P or second, but he had pitted like 10 laps before we did. So he was, he got a big advantage from the, the you know, new fresh tires, but he was falling off by the end of the run there and had it gone finished, I think the last 16 laps there green, I would have caught him. I had, I had ran him down for about eight seconds back and I was, I was within a second when the caution came out and then it was just caution after caution. And then we had a, a green white checkered that uh, I think I was starting in third on the bottom. No, sorry, I was fourth and I was on the top. And uh, when I got, uh, when we got going there, um, my car was just too tight for a short run. And it, uh, in the traffic there, it was, uh, I came off the corner side by side with one of the guys and we kind of touched and, it slowed our momentum down. And by the time I got across the start finish line, it was like P6. So I'll take it. It's a finish. Uh, it's probably the best one. Um, I really like Homestead. The truck ran really good there. And Adam Adam threw a whole bunch of stuff at the setup at the begin at, at the practice before it. And it worked uh, for me. And 
just I made the right adjustments. It's just I learned a lot about how the track changed as it rubbered up there with that truck. Yeah, I can't save tires if my life depended on it. That's what I've learned. You also oh. are running a different set than we were. That's true. All right, well, that's it. Let's get into final thoughts. Chris Scales. Um, well, because there's so much going on right now, two hours of podcast isn't enough to talk about everything. So we'll be doing the aftermath with um, the Tonys, T-Squared, uh, Tifosi's boy band. <laughs> oh, my but, God. Uh, <laughs> that's where they're at tonight. They, they, Thursday nights in the north, northern Michigan and Canada. They're big. So we'll get them tonight, tomorrow night. And um, I think we're going to put together some kind of hosted race afterwards. So probably the K&N car somewhere, some short track. And that session will probably go up, I imagine, some sometime between like 8 and 9 Eastern. If you want even more punishment, um, come race with us. Yeah, come beat Chris. That's easy. Yeah. Tony said he'll be putting up a, a flyer some point. Uh, so be looking around on iRacing's driving. <clears throat> excuse me iRacer's Driving World, uh, he'll have a post up there sometime in the day to let you know what it's going to be. Sexy David's oh. back. That's what happens when he wins. He wins that walk-in Sexy race. Yeah, and his balls <laughs> get bigger. Did it just now start, or has it been here the whole time? No, it started about five minutes ago. <laughs> Talking about that walk-in Glen race, and your David, balls got you, bigger. That's what I said. Sexy David, what's your final thoughts? Um, I wish I knew how I did that on purpose, or how I could do that on purpose. <laughs> Um, do you uh, want to explain to the listeners why you sound different right now? Okay, there's something that goes on with my mic that occasionally it just starts re- recording me at a lower frequency, and it actually slows the slows the recording down that the guys are hearing on Teamspeak too, because when when this starts happening, there's always a delay for anybody to reply. David's having a stroke mid podcast. Why can't it ever do a higher frequency? Why can't it ever go the other direction? <laughs> uh, I, could, I could talk like this if you want to, you know, do some really silly voices. I don't know, but uh oh. All right, is that it? Is that all you got? Um, I was going to talk about the the special race as well, so that's all I got. Okay, Greg Hectus, final thought. Uh, I'm still laughing. Um, anyways, uh, one thing that we keep forgetting to talk about. Um, anybody's listening. Um. Leave us a review on all the podcasts that any of the platforms that you guys uh, uh, listen to us on. It, it helps bring our rating up and and brings us to viewers that may not see us unless it's moved to us another layer on the pages and come across it or tell tell people about our our podcast. But if you could leave us a review or something or let us know uh, how we're doing, um, we'd appreciate that. Um, for me, I'm just trying to get my uh, races in each week here that i can race uh it was a little bit slow week i'm uh painting up a a rally car right now so for trying to do some rally racing this week um but yeah that's for me all right very good uh my final thoughts uh man what a week uh got a 10th at bristol i'm so happy to to get out of there with a top 10 then but nonetheless i'm 17th in points in division two um and I only I think my worst week was 18th and 11th. So, what what does that tell you? Well, it's about I rating guys, and when your I rating drops, you don't get enough points. And uh, that's why I'm sitting 17th instead of 10th. Is if I had that extra 600 I rating that I lost, perhaps I'd be getting some more points. Uh, David, you're running 11th, even though you've missed a week. Uh, so you're still hanging in there. Yeah, it'll be a while to see how the drop week kicks in. Yep. Uh, as far as this off week, uh, 
you've already used yours, right? Uh, man, I, I went through uh, and gave everybody on the team who runs the NIS on a regular basis their individual finishes for the year so far up through this uh, off week. And it was just kind of a touch base for the team just to kind of, hey, this is where you've been running. This is how you've done. You know, how, what do we need to do it to adjust? And it just kind of gives everyone a, a refocus point. And uh, I thought that was fitting for an off week and uh, look forward to getting back into it and uh, getting back into the NIS. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.